The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. bleed green are you an ultimate eagles football fan well you're in the right place well you're in the right place this is birds 365 hosted by the new mac and mac jody mcdonald and john mcmullen here we go here we go who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. And a good Wednesday morning, Birds fans. Thanks for jumping in here on Birds 365. You got Mag Mac, John McMullen, and Jody McDonald. We got two hours of Eagles opinion and information to share with you. Stay right where you're at. Uh, Johnny Mac, it's funny. Uh, I got a show sheet of stuff that we got to cover today. I write down all my notes. I'm ready to go. And uh, pepper you with questions. And then I changed my mind at the very last second. <laughs> Uh, well, that's me, man. I go off on tangents. Here's yeah. here's where I'm going with that. Uh, we appreciate everybody who jumps on our stream every single day. We already got 70-some of you in today. Thank you for checking in. Uh, and people comment on the show in our little stream column here. And uh, I know some of the other shows here on Jacob uh, use the stream more, respond to the stream more, uh, take notes of the stream more. Is one of the, One of the reasons why I don't is because... You guys seem to entertain yourselves. Uh, you, you don't need McMullen and McDonald along for the ride. Uh, you go back and forth between each other and and uh, troll and everything else. And more power to you. Just sometimes it's very entertaining to read while doing the show, as a matter of fact. Um, but our, our second stream of the day from Twitzajiga, who is a oftentimes streamer, uh, says, what time is this pointless presser? Um. That's one of the problems with uh, taking information, uh, expanding with the stream. I don't know if he's being ironic or sarcastic or if he's actually trying to state a point that today is a pointless press conference. I don't believe that for a millisecond. I kind of think it's a rather important press conference. And it's shown by the fact 
I don't know what he means. The best way to communicate is face to face. Now I'm guilty as hell. I text a lot. I send out about 40 texts to every one telephone call I make these days. It's just easier. And if it's going to be long and drawn out and important, you probably should hit the call button and talk to somebody because you can't always pick up on sarcasm and the like. I don't know if he means it or not, Johnny Mac, but how important is today's press conference? Uh, you know, it, what, what are we talking in an existent, uh, existential sense? None of it's important from in that In every sense. In, existential, in, 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 reality, hyperbolic, however you want to take it. If you care about the Philadelphia Eagles, it's important. Yeah, that's how I'll say it. If the, and if you're watching Birds 365, we're starting with the assumption you care about the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. If you're tuned well, to this show theory, at 8 o'clock in, in the morning, yeah, you care about the Eagles. If you're worried about uh, bigger things in life and society, yeah, it's probably pretty meaningless. But so is all of professional sports. Right. So, so everything's on the and Jody McDonald. Thank yeah, you exactly. Much. Exactly. I mean, let's be honest. We're not uh, we're not uh, saving lives here. But uh if you care about uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, and presumably you do if you're watching this show, uh, yeah, it's very important. It's very important to try to get a feel. Now, I think what he's trying to say is we're not going to get honest answers on the record, and that's probably true. Um, but you can, you know, and there'll be some good reporters there, and they'll be able to to call some things by the way they ask the questions. Mm -hmm. Um um, so you'll be able to get some information if you want it. If you go in with that mindset of, oh, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, it doesn't mean you want, you, you know, we're talking about offensive coordinators and uh, defensive coordinators. <laughs> you know, I, I saw a mind blowing stat yesterday to the point I had to look at it. I go, this can't be true. You know, th th there's not an offensive coordinator in this league in place from 2022 beyond, uh, backward, it starts at 2022. Now, Dave Ragone, I think, in Atlanta is still technically employed, but they fired Arthur Smith, so he's gone. Um, not one, Jody. Not one. That, 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 that It's unbelievable. So, you know, when we talk about the next offensive coordinator, whoever it's going to be, Cliff Kingsbury, the latest to interview, not going to be here long. One of two things are going to happen. He's either going to be really good and he gets another head coaching job or he's going to be Brian Johnson and the people are going to crap on him out the door. And it, and it, it, so, you know, that's the league as a whole, not just the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. I always talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and they're the definition of continuity, and they are from a head coaching standpoint. Three coaches since 1968, 19, let me repeat that, 1968, they fired their offensive coordinator in season. In this season, year. right. Yeah. So from that point, is it pointless? Probably a little bit, you know, who the next offensive coordinator is going to be. But, uh, you know, well, it, I you think depends on the way you look at it. Let, let me add to your conversation um, from a pointless stand of view, point of view, because I've gotten some of that. We've gotten some of it here on our stream, uh, and I've gotten calls on, on WIP and heard other calls. The mindset that, well, you might not want to hire a guy because if he comes in and he's good, he's just going to get a head coaching job somewhere else. So you should no, think twice you before you hire yeah. a guy. That's Hello? What do you want to hire? A stiff 
Hey, at least he's not going anywhere. We can keep him and let him be bad as long as we want. That's an ass backwards way of looking at things, ladies and gentlemen. You don't want to go there. Howie Roseman and Jeff Flory, and they'll try and sell us on Nick Sirianni being involved, um, which I won't buy. I guess we're back to the, is this a pointless thing that the Eagles are going to meet with the media today? It, it's going to be a higher executive hire with their new offensive and defense coordinator. They should have one job there. Get the best guy for the job for 2024. Don't worry about, oh, we could lose him or run in fear of, well, if he's bad, there's all this tunnel. Did you hear the stat McMullen gave? No offensive coordinator left in the league from 2021. That's the, the gig. That's what it is in the NFL these days. Just accept it and deal with it and go out and pick the best guy for the job for the upcoming season. If Nick Sirianni's back, which we all assume he is, it's an all-in year next year. They're going for the Super Bowl again. You might think at this stage they're not a, they're not as uh, much of a favorite to get there as they were leading into this season. They won't be next year, but you still have to uh, plan your offseason accordingly. You want to go to the Super Bowl again next year. We're not building anything. This is not a uh, taking it in steps process where the Eagles are at. Get the best guy for the job next year and don't let anything else factor into your decision. Do you think Howie Roseman and Jeff Floyd are going down that road? Uh, in their mind, yeah, sure. Um, you know, and that's the issues um, I think we're going to be talking about in the upcoming uh, weeks and months and even into next season. Yeah, certainly from their standpoint. I mean, they're trying to get the best person possible for the job. To me, the bigger question is, are they going about it the right way? Um, and I would argue the answer to that is no. Also doesn't mean uh, it can't be successful. I would say, you know, you know, the, the Eagles preach, you know, make good, make good decisions, stack good decisions. Doesn't mean you're always going to get good results, but the more good decisions you make, the more good results you'll get over a long period of time. They could make a bad decision and get a good right. result. Sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, from their standpoint, they're trying to go about it uh, the right way. And I'm talking about Howie and Jeffrey. Um, are they going about it the right way? Yeah, I, I I would argue they're not for the reason that, and I was looking for this quote, and I give our buddy Zach Berman credit, very organized guy, so he found it. So, and he put it on Twitter, so I want to give him credit, but this is what Nick Sirianni said on his offense to us in the summer of 2022. No matter if you're Kevin Petulo, and by the way, first name, make note of that, Kevin Petulo. No matter if you're Ke Kevin Petulo is calling it, Shane Steichen's calling it, Brian Johnson is calling it, Jeff Stoutland's calling it, Jason Michael's calling it, Jonathan Ganning comes over and calls it, Howie calls it from up there. And Jeffrey Laurie, Dom, security chief, Dom DeSandro, Julian Laurie. I'm very particular, and I know what I believe in, in the passing and running game in offensive football. Consistently. This has been consistent since the day he got here. I can't tell you how many times he has told us this. This is his offense, no matter who it's going to be. 
and he said it last year, and he said it December 20th. He said the same thing on the record Um, late last season when people were criticizing Brian Johnson and he defended Brian Johnson. Same, same. My offense, my offense, my – he has said it consistently. Now what the Eagles are doing is taking that away from Nick Sirianni. So, again, I say if they're doing that, why is he here? Right. That so I I don't think they're going about it the right way. But to answer your question specifically, of course they think they're trying to get the best guy for the job. And here's why. And you know I've been a uh, let's keep Sirianni guy more than let's let Sirianni go. But the way you laid it out is <laughs> is absolutely on point. The thing that I think they hired Nick for to begin with back when they decided to move on from Doug Peterson. Um, was his offensive philosophy and system and the way that he handled offense. And if you're going to strip him of that, and basically when the first guy you interview is Cliff Kingsbury, who is a completely different kind of an offensive guy with a different game plan, a different way to attack, it it kind of lifts the lid off what you're trying to do here. Yeah, you're t- saying it's not going to be serious. No matter how vigorous he was in describing the offense as his offense, you're telling him it's not his offense anymore. So, yeah, why is he here? There's got to be another reason. His motivational skills, his organizational skills, it's not for his defensive knowledge. We know that. The defense is going to be run by whoever they bring in to run the defense. So, yeah, why is he here? They just like him. He is malleable and let his Maybe, LM do uh, whatever uh, the there, hell they want. There's a good word, uh, Jody, malleable. He is uh, agreeable to do what the owner and the general manager want him to do. There's not all coaches. People talk about Bill Belichick. You can't have Bill Belichick if that's your mindset. You can't even have Mike Rabel if that's your mindset. You can't have certain coaches if that's your mindset. And if that's your mindset and and Nick agrees to it, and I'm a little surprised he agreed to it, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, Maybe behind the scenes, maybe... He said, you know what? We did stagnate. We have to involve. We Maybe I need to get – it's not like he can't change his mind, but he's been pretty consistent and certainly looks from the outside looking in like he's being dictated to. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see how you look at it any other way. He's being dictated to. And for all the talk, and I, I, I said it pretty early when people are throwing out the big names, uh, throw – Jim Harbaugh out there as well. I'm like, are you kidding me? There's no, there's no bringing in those guys. If this is the way you want to run your organization, that's not to say you can't run it successfully. They've been very successful compared to most of the rest of the league. Um, So it's not even necessarily saying it's the wrong way to do it, but stop talking about Belichick and Harbaugh. I mean, well, it's, here's, a, it's a waste the only of time. Reason, here's the only reason why you can talk about Belichick and Harbaugh. Is it likely? No. Small, very small percent chance that it could happen. Jeff did it once before. Chip Kelly came in. Chip Kelly wowed some people, including Jeffrey Laurie. And he said, Howie, guess what? We're moving you to the other side of the building. Feel free to take a world tour on how to be a better executive and general manager because, yeah, Chip's going to run the show for a period of time. Little do we know it's going to be a very short period of time and uh, Chip was going to self-destruct. But he did do it once. 
Now, Howie Roseman had not won the Super Bowl when he did it last time. Now Howie's got that pelt on the wall. It's going to be a lot more difficult for Jeffrey to go, yeah, Howie, I'm going to need you to step out of the picture, Howie. Just step aside here for a second. He has done it. So you can't say there's zero chance. Well, it's, it's been, really small it, 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 he's been the owner for, he has done it. You're right. But he's been the owner for almost 30 years. We're at almost three decades. So that's a pretty large sample size. He called his greatest mistake giving Chip Kelly that mm-hmm. power. So now could he do it again? I, everybody's a human being. They could, I say it all the time. He called it his biggest mistake in 30 yeah. years. So I, you know, play the odds. You're a betting guy. Play the odds. Yeah. You know? Substantial favorite that he's not yeah. going down that road again. Yeah. So that's why I say the people going down the Belichick and Harbaugh routes. Yeah. You're barking up the wrong tree. I, I would tend to agree. But uh, last thing, and then we'll uh, set up for our first gaps. Uh, if you're a regular streamer here on Birds 365, you know, Wednesday mornings, um, more likely than not, Mike Gill is going to join us. It is very likely that that's going to be the case within the next five minutes. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, you, you know, uh, uh, let's see if what was the first thing? Here's how I'll ask it you. What was the first thing that popped into your mind when you heard the Eagles are planning on uh, meeting with and interviewing Cliff Kingsbury for their offensive coordinator? Lincoln Riley. Exactly Lincoln right. Riley. That's exactly. See, you and I do this show together, so we we right. done many a thing we think right, right along the same line. This is a how we move if ever there was one. Yeah, you oh, really, yeah. you really think Nick Sirianni goes? Hey, you know that Cliff Kingsbury is only an assistant. He's only a uh, a consultant for USC. He is a pretty smart, innovative, offensive guy. We could talk to him if we're going to move off Brent. You really think that the coach went there? No, 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 no. This was Howie on the phone with his boy Lincoln Riley and Lincoln going. You know, I've got Cliff Kingsbury on my staff, and we don't have a spot, but he is a, a genius offensive guy. Yeah, this is how we uh, 110%. Oh, yeah. The first call, uh, I think a lot of people don't remember. The first call Howie Roseman made to a candidate, candidate in quotation, after the team moved on from Doug Peterson was Lincoln Riley. He loves him. Um he, and and then you add in the fact of, you know, he got the most out of Jalen Hurts at the college level, um, and now you have the, the the, you know, Lincoln Riley speaking up for you and saying, probably this is a bright up. Yeah, this has got Lincoln Riley tint all over it. Oh yeah, which um, means it's a Howie hire, which means we know where they're going. They they'll deny it to that. You you thoroughly expect when you guys get in there and they start fielding questions that the hiring are going to be collaborative efforts, right? It's going to be. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Collaborative this collaborative that. And you know, yeah. they help me in the room, <laughs> Nick Seriati. But uh, yeah, I, I, that's part of the, and I wrote about that on SI earlier this week, the, the change, the shift from Chip Kelly to post Chip Kelly. And at the time, Jeffrey Lurie's tortured explanation about Chip Kelly giving him a well, I had to give him that power to see if he could be a count. It just made no sense. It was the most illogical. It was sort of like the ownership version of Nick Sirianni explaining the play in Seattle. That's what it was. It was so nonsensical. 
uh, the pass interference. We're trying to draw pass. If that was the ownership version, it was so nonsense. Oh, I had to do it to see if he could. Uh, it, it, it just made no sense. So um, that's, you know, the collaboration. And, and again, you see it with Brian Johnson. Who's responsible, Jody? Who's responsible? Is it Nick Sirianni? Is it Brian Johnson? Is it Jalen Hurts? You got the Spider-Man meme where they point at each other, the bizarro Spider-Man. Everybody points at each other. So collaboration can be great when things are going well. Right. When things are not going well, then everybody's pointing fingers behind the scenes. Oh, I'm painting inside the lines. Oh, I can't do what I want to do from the Brian Johnson side. From the Nick Sirianni side, you know, he's honest that he says it's his offense, but, you know, people are, you know, saying essentially what the Eagles are telling you is, well, it's not Nick's fault because they were good with Shane Steichen. It's, it's, it's Brian's fault because the only difference is Shane Steichen to Brian Johnson. So it becomes Brian Johnson's fault and nobody wants to point the finger at the quarterback, although more people should be pointing the finger at the quarterback as well. And oh, by the way, something you just said. Oh, Nick's honest when he, except when he isn't. Except when he tells you guys, "Oh no, we're honest not making about any changes." That. Honest about honest about that. About that, yes. Said, but yes. see, that's part of the problem. I don't know if I can trust Nick anymore. He had been pretty damn honest his first couple of years here. When the spit hit the fan this year, Nick decided I got to get in line with everybody else. And when in doubt, I got to lie for the best of me and the team. And I got yeah. Yeah. the wool over the Eagles fans' eyes. And that's and the players know he's doing it. Certainly they knew with the whole the side thing that he was being pushed into the luxury box. Uh so as a motivator, it's a guy who's gonna be in control of all these guys. Are uh, you telling me the truth now, coach, or are you lying for the sake of the organization? Uh, and there's gonna be some lying going on uh, today. today. Oh yeah, I uh, guarantee you that. All right, he is McMullen. I'm McDonald. You got Mac and Mac. Birds 365. We see Mike Gill. He's ready to jump in with us from down the shore. The Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN Radio. Mike Gill, next. Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. field of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. That is what we dive in deep on every single day. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles here on Bird 365. You got McDonald and McMullen to do it. And we are joined by Mike Gill, who's going to do it with us for the next 15, 20 minutes. And today's t shirt du jour is Arizona State. Party school. We're not going Ivy League. We're going. I'm thinking of warmer weather, Jody Mack. It's miserable down the shore today. So I am thinking of warmer weather. By the way, Mike Gill, I forgot to tell Jody this uh, pre show. So I'll say it on air. Happy birthday to Mike. No. Yes. Yes. Happy birthday, Mike Gill. Didn't I know that? What better way to start? Uh, then on birth 365, your birthday. Yes. This is a older, wiser version of Mike Gill today. Uh, we'll, 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 <laughs> I, we'll give you that evaluation coming up in 20 minutes. We know you're older. We'll find out if you're wiser. Let's uh, find I'll, out. Th- let's then find let's out. go here. Mike Gill, and I know it's uh, not, it never is, but the perfect birthday. What are you doing today? Uh, out and about, uh, hard work. Appreciate you coming on here with on the birds, uh, sports bash. When all is said and done and work is done for the day, what Mike Gill doing to celebrate his birthday? Well, uh, I am working today. Uh, I think I've reached the age where I don't take the yeah. day off on my birthday. Where do I? Yeah, none of us um, do anymore. That's we're, going, uh, we're going to dinner tonight. I am taking Friday off, and I'm leaving for the weekend. Uh, we're going up to the Poconos for the weekend. We got a cabin up that way. So we will be up there for a weekend with a bunch of friends. So I'm taking Friday off, but I will work tonight, going to dinner tonight, and then uh, taking the weekend off. I was gonna, um, I was looking all we were looking all over the place. Uh, it's supposed to rain everywhere, so we weren't yeah. like you know we were gonna go to Nashville for the weekend or New Orleans or something. Rain everywhere, so we just decided to go up to the cabin. Nice. Okay. Good Good life, by the way. You get to hang out down the shore. Then you go to a vacation up the Poconos. You're always vacation spot. Vacation spot to vacation spot. Uh, Maybe maybe I like to get out of here. I like maybe he is older and wiser. We got to give him credit. Uh, Doing research on where he should and shouldn't go. That's pretty. (laughs) That is pretty. That is pretty wise. Borderline impressive. I need a wise man to explain this. And I want, I, I have two wise men here who, who listen to callers and, and, and in your case, texters, Mike. And so I want to run this both by you because the latest name Jody and I were talking about Cliff Kingsbury as a potential offensive coordinator candidate. Now, 
I see on on my social media you got two groups. Well, you, you know, Lincoln Riley, Cliff Kingsbury, they're together. Lincoln did such a great job with Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma. Great, great potential hire. The other ones, oh, he's terrible. He couldn't make Patrick Mahomes a quarterback. Yeah, he was pretty good to the point. He was a, a pretty high pick. Now, you know, Andy Reid helps when you get to the NFL. Why, why do you guys think there's such conviction and such certainty when it comes to fans talking about coaches? They know. They know. They know about everybody. I don't know. They know. I always contend why the fans always blame the coach in every sport is because they believe that that's a job that they could perform. They could be the coach. They can't play. They, they do have an understanding that they are not capable of playing. A.J. Brown can't be the game. The game. But I do think deep down, many believe if they had the opportunity to be the GM or the coach, that they could do that job. And because what they were told in fourth grade by Coach Joe – that is drilled into them, and they believe that Coach Joe was the guy who knew more than anybody, and now they know more than everybody. And the coaching thing. Now, with Cliff Kingsbury, I did not like when Arizona hired. I could not believe he got a head coaching NFL job based on what he did at Texas Tech. I could not understand it for the life of me. He did go to Arizona, and I got to say he exceeded – Early exit, like he had some success. He took them to the playoffs. They had a fun offense, but it almost seemed kind of Chip Kelly-ish is that he had a lot of successes. People were trying to figure him out. And then when they did, he just didn't have the temperament to deal with NFL. He had no discipline. That place was a disaster when he left. And I just don't want to see a guy come in here who's kind of a one-trick pony and left there pretty much with like, hey, the the place was on fire and he didn't do anything to stop it, just no discipline. I would be out on Kingsbury. But that is my assertion as to why people think about they know the coach. Uh, let me give you a hand from a portion of the Philadelphia Eagle fan base. Because if you're in the run the ball uh, mode as an Eagle fan and think that they don't run it enough and there's not enough bounce, you don't want to be hiring uh, Mr. Kingsbury, Coach Kingsbury, because he's going to come in here, he's going to throw it, he's going to throw it, and he's going to throw it some more. I don't care if the quarterback whisperer, Lincoln Riley, whispered to him, so therefore he could whisper to uh, uh, Jalen. The Eagle crowd that loves balance in their offense is not getting that with Cliff Kingsbury. But what do you think Jeffrey Lurie would say to a hire like that? The guy who believes that the way to a championship is high-level passing attacks. Uh, I, John and I just agreed. This has got Howie Roseman written all over it. I think Jeff Laurie is also well on board with a potential Cliff Kingsbury offense coming to Philadelphia. That's a good question. I, this thing always stumps me. Why does anybody care the aesthetics of the win if you win in the game? It just doesn't make any sense to me that someone would say I want this guy because he's not going to run the ball he's going to win in the fashion even though this guy might be better and more qualified he's going to run too much and therefore I will take the lesser candidate 
because he <laughs> wants to do it the way I want to do it. Um, look, I don't know who has the ties to Kingsbury. These are always the things with the Eagles that you're trying to figure out. Who's making this call? Is this a Sirianni call? Is this a Roseman call? What connection does Cliff Kingsbury have or a Lori call have to the Eagles organization? And that's what makes this guy's name popping out all the more interesting to this whole story is did Jeff Lurie say, well, we'll pass the ball. That's the guy I want to make a call to. Uh, yeah. Did Roseman this one, make this one's, call? Yeah, this one's easy, Mike. This is a Roseman. This is a, this this is is a Roseman. You know, I would uh, think it's a Roseman. I would yeah. think it's a Roseman. And then what's the connection? Do you have any connected to the uh, Lincoln Lincoln Riley. Howie is very close to Lincoln Riley. Loves Lincoln Riley. Gotcha. Uh, so Lincoln Riley calls <laughs> Roseman and says, hey, can you do my boy nah, solid? It, it, it's probably the other way around. Howie, you know, will go to Lincoln Riley for advice. That's the first thing he did when they let, let go of Doug Peterson. First call he made was, hey, Lincoln, would you consider – you want to come to the NFL at some point. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the head coach here at some point, Lincoln Riley, um, because with NIL exploding on college, a lot of college coaches, Jody and I were talking about this yesterday. They're fed up with it. You, know, you got to recruit kids four times now. You got to recruit them every year. And a lot of guys are looking to get out. I don't know where yeah. Lincoln Riley is. Certainly coming off a disappointing season. This is probably not the time to do it. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's the head coach here at some point. So that's how close those two are and how much Howie respects Lincoln Riley. So, you know, it's one of the reasons Jalen Hurts is here, to be honest. Um, you know, Lincoln Riley would talk him up. Um, so, yeah, to me, this one's an obvious Howie Roseman. Now, is it serious? Is it not serious? You know. We talked about Jim Bob Cooter with Jeff McLean yesterday. Doesn't look that serious. That's a Nick Sirianni guy. Jim Bob is a Nick Sirianni guy. That's one of my concerns, though, guys. Those guys are getting a race pretty quickly. Tommy Reese, big Nick Sirianni guy, Alabama offensive coordinator. He's back in the league with Cleveland. Um, he's off. Um, seems like Jim Bob's off. Maybe he'll get an interview, but he's not serious. Uh, according to McLean, um, you can't even consider Kevin Petullo and Jason Michael, who have, you know, Jason's been a former offensive coordinator in this league. Kevin, we all know how close he is with Nick Sirianni, but they have the taint of this coaching staff. You can't go that direction. Mike McCoy, Frank Reich, we don't know where they are. I know Rob Motti mentioned yesterday uh, Nick has not reached out to Frank yet about the job. Um it seems like they don't want they want to push away they want to make they want to make Nick Sirianni uncomfortable is that a good thing <laughs> um i i brought this up it was an unpopular uh, opinion on my show which is it's probably unpopular but don't the eagles have the right to do this people keep oh, questioning man. the eagles as if Howie's the guy, and Nick's a puppet, and Laurie and Roseman do everything. Yeah, because they're one of the most successful organizations in the NFL, whether we like it or not. Super Bowls isn't what defines every team because they know you're not going to win the Super Bowl every year. But if you are one of the best organizations year after year, for 20 years, they have five losing seasons. We're going crazy doing backflips about Detroit because they haven't won a playoff game in 30 years. 
The Eagles consistently have multiple front office people poached from them and multiple coaches poached from them. The Eagles would say, so what? This is the way we do things. And everybody else wants to do what we do. So don't they have the right to run it well, this way? Well, they certainly have the right. I mean, they can do whatever they want. The question is, is that the right way to do it? Right. And um, I would say they think, they would say based on the success we've had and the amount of teams that take our executives to run their organizations, I think they think they do it just about as good, if not better, than everybody else. And you're right. The track record says that uh, they've accomplished what they've accomplished and should be judged accordingly. All right, Mike, this has kind of surprised me, um, at least over the last 24, 48 hours, um, when it became unofficially official. Our very own D-Gun um, put it out there first, and it was confirmed yesterday by Jeff McClain that uh, Brian Johnson is not going to be back as Eagles offense coordinator. They hold. They held on to him for what they thought was a reasonable amount of time. Didn't want to compromise his chances to get a head coaching job. They were rooting for him to get a head coaching job because then they, as per the Rooney rule, could have gotten compensatory draft picks with his hiring by another team. But they finally had to throw their hands up and go, "Listen, we got to start talking to people about replacing him because we're going to replace Cliff him." Kingsbury. <laughs> we got to put that. Somebody else got to call Cliff Kingsbury first. Yeah. We got to do it first. And it's been this tumult uprising of poor Brian Johnson. And why would they do this to Brian Johnson? And it's not Brian Johnson's fault. And Jeremy Fowler, ESPN, came out yesterday said really bad vibes on the rest of the staff that Brian Johnson got caught in the middle of the life. I don't get it. I really don't. The Eagles offense went backwards this year. And the only major change they had from the year before when they were one of the best offenses in the NFL was they changed their play caller. If yeah. you really believe that Cam Jurgens for uh, the offensive line was a massive drop-off, okay, I you're breaking down tape better than I am. But otherwise, it's the same exact offense, and it went backwards. What was the one change? Brian Johnson, so he gets a free pass? He shouldn't be held well, accountable for what he was doing? It's an interesting way you look at this, Jody, because as the are people are upset the way Brian Johnson was handled. Are they essentially saying, if Brian's going to be at fault, so too then Nick, because this is his offense. You're saying it's the same offense. Yeah, it's Nick's offense. I don't want to call your offense, Jody. It's no offense. I don't want to. I don't want you to design something. Hand me the book and say call these plays. Yeah, but, eh, time out, Brian Johnson slash Mike Gill. When we gave you the job, you knew the deal. Sure. Oh, it listen. wasn't like yeah, Brian. You're going to come in. You go. Well, you're going to sign the offense. Hey, sign the contract. Oh yeah, you're going to be running my offense. All you're going to do is call the play. Well, and no, this is where they the... laid it out for him. They knew what the gig was when he took it. Yeah, this is where the convolution of who picks Brian Johnson. Does Howie Roseman say Johnson's the guy? Does Sirianni say, well, I want Petullo? Nope, you're not taking him. You're taking him. Okay, but he's going to run my offense. Brian Johnson, again, gets stuck in the crossfire here of, I want the job. I want <clears> the <throat> title. And then, like, everything. Like, you know, when you're a, a, a coach or a GM and the former number one pick gets released because he's He's flamed out somewhere. He gets another shot because everybody, Barnett. Thinks, yeah, everybody thinks they can get number one, you know, talent out of that guy that someone else didn't. 
So Brian Johnson might say, this isn't ideal, but you know what? I'll figure it out and I'll do it. And it'll leave me something else. I'm not going to not take the job. And that's where these guys get stuck sometimes where you dangle. Here's the job. It's not ideal, but it's better than what I'm doing. I guess I'll take it. And look, this is a weird situation. I talked about, I said, has there ever been a candidate who's up for three head coaching jobs that ended up only being two? And he's going to get fired from his team for lack of performance. I mean, I've never seen such a thing. By the way, two points for you, McMullen, or Jody wasn't here last week, but uh, two weeks ago when Jody and I both said Brian Johnson, we didn't think would get an interview. He got two and then had a third one that got pulled out from him. But somehow he turned into a candidate. So the point is this. The teams around the league, are they saying, we know what was going on over there. That's not this guy's offense. And you guys are missing out on a guy who's a smart coach because you're allowing this coach to make him run his offense. Yeah, well, I mean, isn't that why you hired Nick Sirianni for his offense? I mean, I I gave uh, Jody this quote that uh, Nick – told us in the summer of 2022. So I'll give it to you and give your your thoughts. No matter if it's Kevin Petulo, and I said, notice who the first name came out of his mouth was. Kevin Petulo is calling it. Shane Steichen's calling it. Brian Johnson is calling it. Jeff Stoutland's calling it. Jason Michael is calling it. Jonathan Gannon comes over and calls it. Howie calls it from up in the box. Jeffrey, Laurie, Dom DeSandro, Julian Laurie. I'm very particular. I know what I believe in the passing, the running game, offensive football. That's what they hired. It, it, they they hired him, his offense, his that's that's his expertise. If they don't want him now, that's fine. But show the courage of your convictions. That's what I wrote yesterday. It, it, to to do this, it smacks in the. It, to me, it doesn't make sense because you're you're trying to. What prove that you didn't make a mistake with Nick Sirianni? What 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 is if if you want to go away from what he does, that means you have to go away from the head coach, not Brian Johnson. That's like the foundation is rotting on the house, and you're worried about the yeah. lawn. Well, this that's what seems, that is. This seems, John, that you're right. They they found a guy that came out of nowhere. Nobody had him on the radar anywhere in league circles. They might have knew the guy, but no one had him as a head coach. He got the head coaching job. He exceeded the expectations that anybody could have. He took him to the playoffs the first year after the team won four games. He then gets him to the Super Bowl. And at the Super Bowl, these guys are saying, we knew this. You guys all questioned us and made fun of him at the press conference. And then this year turns into what it is. So they want this guy to succeed. The question is, what do they know about his role in why this team has had success? What do they know in that building that we don't know as to, we made the Super Bowl because Nick did this behind closed doors. He got us to the playoffs that first year. Because we all praised him the first year where the team was two and five. And then he said, you know what? This isn't working. We're going to lean on the run. They ran themselves to the playoffs that year with a team that was not very talented. And we gave him credit for acknowledging that the team was was not working at two and five. And he said, you guys are right. Let's change it. So what is what do they know behind closed doors that Nick 
gets credit for that we're not giving him that that the viewers and everybody out there are saying, why keep this guy? There has to be something that they feel other than maybe, I hope anyway, other than we're smarter than everybody and we don't want to show people that we made a mistake. No. I said this in hour number one. Well, it was stone hour number one, but uh, first segment of the show. What he's got going for him, he's malleable. He'll 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 change, he'll shift, he'll agree, he'll carry water. We're not changing defensive coordinators. <laughs> yeah, you already have. Um, when called upon, he will serve the the wishes of the masters, Howie Roseman and Jeff Laurie. I think that's a major attribute that he has in the eyes of his bosses and enough so that he was able to save his job here, which See, that's a, yeah. and to me, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying that's a bad reason then. It I is. Mean, oh, it absolutely that's, is. That's I, I'm, no not, way. I'm not blessing it by any stretch of the imagination, yeah. but that's what I come up with. What I motivation, the guys go to war for him. I'm, I'm hard pressed to put anything above. He'll go with the flow when he's dictated to by his bosses. If you got better, Mike Gill, please uh, speculate away with well, us. Well, and that's my thing is I, I I'm saying there there might be something behind you know there we've heard a lot about that they love playing for Nick and he has everybody's back. He went out and made himself look like a fool for them. Uh, to us, we say you look like a fool. To them, they say thank you, Nick. That was our bad. Thanks for going out there and not making us look bad. Um, those things, I guess, matter. Um, the, the whole offense thing, you know, over time, your offense, if you keep running the same thing, you got to have another layer to it. You know, we, we hear the comparison all the time. I said, oh my, you know, a lot of people can relate if you're watching and you have a son who plays baseball and he's 12 years old in little league and he's blowing everybody away. And then he goes up to the big field and he just keeps throwing fastballs. And the next thing you know, he has no off speed pitch and you're like, He's throwing 78 miles an hour and everybody's hitting him. Yeah, because he only shows one pitch. After Over time, he might have been good. But as everybody keeps catching on, you need to have something else. And this offense seemingly was working, working, working. Oh, I'm finding out tendencies. I'm seeing more things. I have more on you. And he didn't add anything to it. So at that point, that's where I think you have to say, I want to hire somebody to be my coordinator who I'm going to give him a bunch of plays that is my offense that we like, that work, and I'm going to let him add his stuff into this because we need more pieces to this. I need a changeup. I need a curveball. I can't just keep throwing my, my heater here, and it seems that he's reluctant maybe to do that. I, I, I want to go back to, to what Jody said about the offense as a whole. Same offense, pretty much. You have uh, Cam Jurgens uh, coming in for Isaac Sam. A little bit of a downgrade, not massive. Uh, DeAndre Swift uh, coming in uh, for Miles Sanders. Miles had a career year. DeAndre had a career year. You and I talked about that a lot, career years, mainly on the defensive side. It was yeah. not sustainable. We don't talk about it on the offensive side. The main career year was Jalen Hurts. Uh, and guess what? He went backwards. Now, the honest NFL on Twitter, I know you follow him, used to work for the Eagles, does a tremendous job when it comes to the film. Um, if you want to be a smart Eagles fan, you should follow him at the honest NFL. Um this is what he said. The truth is that the flaws in their offensive system were covered up last year for a 
variety of reasons. Teams didn't know how to invest their resources to defend them. They rarely played from behind and got tested. Their schedule was forgiving, and they had an identity that they played to extremely well. However, the issues they struggled with most this year, the plus one overload pressures, their total lack of a quick passing game, and their lack of middle triangle reads to stress hook droppers all showed up at various points last year too. They're not new problems. There were there was no evolution to the scheme. Although the one thing the I would push back on a little bit is yes, he's right about the schedule, but the games they lost this year at the end of the year were against teams that were inferior. Yes. Completely. Well, by that point, yeah, the wheels had come off. Certainly, yes. they shouldn't have lost to Arizona. They shouldn't have lost to the oh, Giants. Oh, listen, John, I, I, we came to the um, realization on Monday's show when you're looking at all this, if you hired an offensive coordinator and he's allowed to run whatever he wants, people will always ask, well, how desirable is this job? Forget the outside factors of Lori and Roseman, and you might have to run Nick's offense. If I said, Arthur Smith, do you want this job? You're running your offense. He would take it before the words got out of his mouth with the talent on this team. If I said, what do you have to replace on this offense? You would say, nobody. I don't need to replace anybody. Give me the same 11 guys and let's go. So if that's the case, you don't need to replace anybody. You want to run your offense. You like this team. What happened? If you don't want to replace anybody, there's only one answer. Either the coordinator was so inept and such a poor play caller, or the quarterback was the reason the team took the step back. And it's like, we want to dance around. He didn't run the same. He didn't make the same decisions. I remember last year, he made the right decision 95% of the time. I'm going to hand it to Sanders. Sanders, I'm going to pull it from Sanders. I'm going to keep it myself. His lack in the running game is probably the top reason why this offense had the issues. Now, that being said, it was still a top 10 offense. But yes, yes, certainly still a top 10. Lunky, but my biggest season. point, my biggest point to bring up um what what the honest NFL said was they snuck against the blitz last year, people forget. They did the same tired nonsense. Oh, the box says throw it out, bubble screen. Uh but they're winning games, they're successful. Um Teams spent the offseason trying to decipher what the Eagles were doing. They made adjustments to it, um, and the Eagles didn't evolve. Now, to me, the only question is, is that Nick Sirianni? It's not Brian Johnson. That's the ironic part. Or is it Jalen Hurts? And, and that, to me, is the bigger question, and that's the question they're not answering. So they're putting the Band-Aid on the broken leg. That's what they're doing. Now, you can't move on from Jalen Hurts. You can move on from the head coach. But the, the, the one guy that doesn't factor into this equation, to be honest, is Brian Johnson. He, he doesn't factor into it. They stunk last year against the Blitz. Watch the games. They're all available. They stunk. They just won games. They played from the lead. They, they had an easier schedule that factored into it. And, you know, teams hadn't evolved to the point where they said, all right, we're going to make adjustments to what they're doing. They weren't good yeah. last year. I'm, I'm not buying, John. Sorry. They 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 went 14 and three. And 
That's shame on the rest of the day. If they, the blitz worked in the first quarter, why didn't they do it in the second? Why didn't they do it in the third? Why did the Eagles keep scoring points in the second quarter? They couldn't have been that bad at it. Otherwise, they wouldn't have had the ability to score all those points. You're telling me every other team in the National Football League stinks and is dysfunctional. Oh, they well. figure out that the that, Eagles that, had flaws. Uh, well, people think the Eagles, yes, the Eagles won 11 games this year. People think they stunk. They won 11 games. How many teams won 11 games in the NFL? There's a lot of bad organizations, bad right. teams. Well, and to one, further to what you show. said about the honest NFL and the schedule being forgiving, they had more wins this year against playoff teams than any team in the yeah. league. Yeah. So this was a non-comparable drop-off. I mean, okay, they weren't good against the Blitz last year. They were a play from winning the Super Bowl. Their offense in the Super Bowl, you can make a strong argument, was just as good, if not better, than Kansas City on that day. Hurts just had the fumble, and that really changed the game. Otherwise, he outplayed Mahomes. The offense pretty much had a better day. Statistically speaking, every guy on the field, Brown, Smith, Swift had essentially the same. I mean, the numbers, they ran, I think last year they ran 12 more plays than they ran this year. So it wasn't like, well, last year they ran an extra 200 plays. No, they ran like 1,220. Yeah, the numbers plays. are eerily similar. Eerily similar. Yeah, yeah. So somebody yeah. had to have dropped off. And to me, the one guy's numbers who were way off, there's two guys actually. One is Goddard. His numbers are not the same. Uh, they did not use the tight end nearly as much, which would say in the quick passing game who gets the ball the tight end is generally that guy his numbers were way off from last year and the other guy is hurts in the run game his numbers not the same and to me that is the big bugaboo from this team in the decision making you can call the play but when it got to the line and you have to make that decision Hertz made the right decision almost every single time a year ago. And this year, it didn't even look the same. It didn't look like the, hey, I'm going to give it to Swift. I mean, sure, some nights Tampa Bay, Minnesota, where he really took off and ran and had big nights. But Hertz never had the game. And then even when he did run, he looked clunky. He looked slow. He looked disinterested. He would slide. I don't know why is the, the, the contracting. Did they tell him to get down? Did they say we got to run less? Whatever it was, he was not the same. Mike, I hope that's broached today because it's an outstanding point. It kind of domino effect. If you don't have the Jalen plus one offense, then it affects every other part of your offense thereafter. And I, I don't know why this one sticks with me, but I remember it like he said it 20 minutes ago. Nick Sirianni after this contract signing. Why would I take his superpower away? Right. Oh, except you did. So I hope that is broached at some point today. All right, one question well, that I, I would love to see broached that I don't think is going to happen. You mentioned uh, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. Um, if they win this week, Patrick Mahomes will do something no other quarterback ever done in the history of the National Football League. That includes that Brady guy. He'll have gone to four out of the last five Super Bowls. No quarterback has ever done that before. No quarterback in the history of the NFL has started four out of five Super Bowls. Mahomes has a chance to do that. Any chance anybody broaches that with Howie Roseman today? Hey, how about your ex-coach there? 
Andy Reid, he's doing pretty well, isn't he, Howie? No, no one's uh, going to bring that up to Howie uh, no. this uh, well, The Eagles love Andy Reid. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean they... we do the show Monday, and, and I have a co-host on Monday's show, Ryan. And he brought up, you know, they fired Andy. Maybe I, I said, ah, come on. At that point, I don't think there right. was anybody. It was just time. I think everybody knew it. I think there's a lot of people like me that said, it's time, but I don't think he's a bad coach or anything. So I think the relationship and the Andy winning Super Bowls, I think, plays into the, the question I want to hear, Jody. The number one question that I wanted to hear after the Tampa game. Nick, did the players quit or were you and your staff that unprepared? They're your only two options. Did the players quit or were you were you and your staff that unprepared? How would you address that? Because what we saw on Monday night was so unacceptable in a playoff game for a team that it showed, and this is why this is interesting. Nick obviously has a resume of success that they felt comfortable enough with to bring him back. His resume of stink was six games, and they deemed that those six were not enough. That game on Monday night was so embarrassing. Did your team quit, or were you so unprepared? And if Jeffrey Lurie hears that question, he might rethink the decision he made on Friday. Uh, I don't think he's going to rethink it. Yeah. He, I don't he think he's no, I'm I, telling you, that game was so unacceptable the way they came. Because, okay, you look bad. Well, I agree. Game. You know, you know, I went into that game saying there's no way Nick's going to get fired. No, no way. Yeah. I went, I, I arrived in Tampa saying no way. I left Tampa go. I went, oh, maybe. I mean, that yep. was, that was a, that was that bad of a performance. Um, So I agree with that part of it. Um, But Jeffrey isn't going to rethink uh, because he hears that question. He might not but, act on it, but he might hear those questions and think, did I make a mistake? Anyway, Was that Mike Gill right on his 47? <laughs> contemplative is never a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, Mike Gill, we kept you a long time today. Thank you very much for uh, jumping in. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Happy birthday. Poconos, enjoy Poconos. the Poconos, yeah. Birthday weekend. You don't look a day over 67, so uh, you're, you're hanging in there and you're tough, bud. Appreciate you jumping in with us. We'll talk to you again next week. I'm not even 50 yet, Jody. Hanging in there. Old man Gill will be with us next week. As Take care, everybody. McDonald, but he Thanks, is old Mike. man Gill today because yeah. he just got older on his birthday. All right, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac coming back. Um, we got another good guest for you. Gill's always good. And Andrew Brandt, former NFL executive, host of the Business of Sports podcast, head of the law department in Villanova. Uh, very smart football guy is going to join us coming up in, oh, just about uh, 20 minutes or so. Um, he's got to jump in a little early and get out a little early, too. So uh, Andrew Brandt going to join us in hour number two here on Birds 
any professional sports coach will tell you, there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Matt Mac and Mac, John McMullen and Jody McDonald here with you on Birds 365. We thank Mike Gill for hopping on. Gill's uh, less than 50. He's a young whippersnapper. If that's the case, I I got no idea how gold Mike Gill is, uh, but I'll take him at his word. Um, good for him. Have a nice have a nice birthday weekend, Mike, and thanks for jumping in with us here on Birds 365. Um, let me follow up on one of the questions Mike kind of posed, a statement he made, uh, half half question um, about after the game and the loss to the Bucks down in Tampa, that he wants one question and only one question answered. Were the Eagles not prepared or did the players quit? That's kind of like, here, Nick, here's the gun. You can either shoot yourself under your chin or you can shoot yourself in the side of the head. Please choose one of the two. He's not going to want to do it. I understand what Mike's getting at. It's an answer you should want if you're an Eagle fan, but you got no chance of getting it. Um, if Nick weren't there and Howie were asked that question, how do you think he would answer it? It's not going to be asked. If it is asked, they'll be dismissive of it. No. But well, if- that, that's the thing. And, you know, and I saw a couple of people in there. Uh, the Shills won't ask that question. Well, you know, there's a decorum to these things. And, and what do you want? <sighs> I mean, nobody's answering that question. Nope. No, no offense to shot. No chance. I, I, I mean, you have to, and I asked it after the game in a different form. I asked about the tackling, which is about effort. There's some technique and fundamentals, but it looked guys, like guys gave up. And guess what? Nick gave a pretty exhaustive, it might have been his longest answer of the post-game press conference. And you got at least some information out of him. Um, 
if you ask things in that direction, you're not getting answers. So what might make you feel good and say, oh, so-and-so, and I'm not picking on Mike, so-and-so said, it wasn't embarrassing for you. I, I mean, right there, they're going to shut down, Jody. Right there. Agreed. The, the, the goal, our jobs as reporters at these things asking questions is not, and Jeff said this yesterday or on, on one of the shows, uh, I think it might have been with Rob, Rob Ellis. We're not part of the story. Yeah, we're, we're not looking to shine the light on us. We're trying to get information. We're trying to get information. What is the best way to get information? That's not the best way. That's, uh, well, you want the answer. I get it from an Eagle fan perspective. You really want the answer to that question. But you're not going to get it. There, there are just some things that an organization is not going to do to themselves. They're just not going to put themselves in that position, even though as a fan you feel that you – I know there are some Eagle fans that we deserve it. No, you want it. I don't know if you deserve it or not, but uh, you can you can hope for it. It's not going to happen, even if someone was aggressive. That's one way to describe it, enough to ask that question. It's not going to bode well for them, and they're not going to answer the question anyway. So why do you even bother doing it? Um, I right, one more Howie question before we're going to try and set up uh, getting Andrew Brantine's going to come out a little early because he's got to get out a little early too. Um, who fires first? Day? I guess it's Howie, right? And Sirianni isn't going to go first. Yeah, Howie's going. Howie always goes first. Howie, because Howie, I, I mentioned on yesterday, generally when he does these things, he gives a little bit of an opening statement. I assume he'll want to do that because he'll want to direct things as much as he can, um, and he'll he'll give up, you know, whatever he wants to give up at the start of the press conference, and then it'll go. So he'll try to steer it. Um, but yeah, um, he'll go first. And, uh, like I said, with an opening statement and I imagine most of the, you, you're going to have typically when you do, when they do these things, because Howie and Nick are typically up there together, typically Howie gets more questions than Nick because we don't get to talk to Howie as much. We get All to right. talk to Nick a bunch. So that's the reason. Um, but in this indicate, in this case, because there's so many, Issues with the coaching staff and Nick Sirianni, he's going to get plenty of uh, uh, direct questions as well. Um, you know, they'll probably keep him up there for about 30 minutes, I would assume. Um, and, and, and that'll be it. But yeah, this is a take your medicine day because it's kind of a embarrassing end to the season for them. And do you think there's, do you think there's any chance that Nick Sirianni loses his mind today that because there's going to be some pretty good piling on there's going to be tough questions unlike some of our streamers and people on social media the the, the lemmings will not ask uh, now i'm getting journalists everybody's an expert uh, exactly. that, yeah that, that now they know what journalists are supposed to do i think I, you uh, guys same I with think... coaching same with coaching i think you guys do a heck of a job for the most part sometimes every once in a while somebody has going go. Wow, really? You asked that question. I'll roll my eyes. But uh, just as a group, kind of like with the Hall of Fame voters yesterday, they did. Uh, they, 
I thought they did a really good job. There were only three guys deserving to get in. Only three guys got in. Uh, I give you guys the credit for the job you do. It's not an easy job, and I think you all, uh, you you specifically, job, but everybody else included, do it as well. Can somebody push just the right button to make Sirianni nuts and have him lose his mind at the press conference? No, he's nah. he's he's improved to the point where. You know, if you think about his opening press conference, um, and even that was still in the post-COVID era where we we were still doing Zoom. I think that was part of the problem. You know, we were so uncomfortable. Um, Jeffrey Laurie, if you remember, talk about opening speeches. Jeffrey Laurie gave a dissertation. He spoke for like 25 minutes. I think he was nervous, waiting there, waiting for Jeffrey to finish. Um so that was a little bit, he's gotten much better on the podium. Um, now this is difficult because, you know, he's got to try to spin this in a way where, you know, he's got to explain himself and cause there's a lot of contradictions about him and the way he's expressed about his coaching staff and his system. And now he's got to go in a different direction. And like I said, the most, Important question to me is, Nick, were you dictated to when it comes to this coaching staff, whether it's for firing people, whether it's uh, going to be hiring people? I'm interested to see how he handles that. I think it's a pretty obvious answer. I think it's a pretty obvious thing that he's going to deflect from, um, but I'm interested to see how he deflects uh, from it. And uh, it's the first, this is certainly the toughest one that he's ever done. Um We've talked about his opening press conference and the fact that he kind of stumbled through it and didn't have the answer to a huge question of, do you have control of the roster or not? No, I don't know. You can't. That would that was almost as ridiculous as hey we were going for a pass interference on the throw downfield against the uh, that was that was an indication that he didn't even give a you know what he's like oh you're giving me a head coaching job where do I sign. Uh, kind of like Doug with his assistant coaches when he got the gig. Oh, good. How are you going to pick them all? I'm the, I'm the coach. I'm good with that. You can do everything else. Um, yeah, this is the first time he's had an adversary, a really adversary. After games, you, they, you're in the moment. You can talk about the game. But this is an overreaching going forward with your job and everything else. It's the first time he's had to deal with um, pretty adversarial uh, relationship with the media, or at least I, I hope it is today. Because uh, it's it's not going to be easy for him. It's going to be very interesting. But again, back to the beginning of the show, the useless press conference. Or I, I apologize for not remembering the exact word Twitch Jigga did uh, to describe them. Oh no, it's an important press conference that they're going to have today. All right, uh, he's McBone. I'm McDonald. That makes it Mac and Mac Birds three sixty five. We believe we're going to have Andrew Brandt, former NFL executive, host of the Business of Sports podcast, was part of. The Packers, Eagles, several teams that went through this, changing coaches, making decisions, keeping head coaches, firing head coaches. This is one of the tougher jobs you have in the NFL. If you've got to be part of this with your job on the line, with you making decisions about other people's livelihoods. It's a, it, it, it's a very interesting time for an organization to be in. The Eagles are in the midst of it now. Andrew Brandt should be able to give us a keen perspective on it. He's scheduled to join us next here on Birds 365. Hey, let me tell you about uh, Birds fans. Here's your chance to serve, save up to 40% on your car. Is that right? 40% on your car insurance right now. 
with one of Jacob Sports' great partners, here's what you need to do. Call managing partner Jim or Fran and tell him you're a friend of Jacob Sports and Bird Street 65. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Appreciate you streaming in here on Bird 365. You got Mac and Mac, 
And our next guest, who for my money is one of the smartest guys I've ever known around the game of football, former NFL executive, host of the Business of Sports podcast. And oh, by the way, yeah, he runs the, the legal arm out there at Bill and over the Moorhead Center out on the main line. Andrew Brandt, good enough to join us here on Birds 365. Andrew, here's where I want to start with you today. Uh, years that you spent in front offices in the National Football League. Every offseason is unique and different things need to be done around the team. It seems the Eagles are trying to thread a needle here. They're taking out both of their coordinators, but keeping their head coach in place. His long-term run says he shouldn't even be thought about being fired. His short-term run, one of the biggest collapses in Eagle history. Difficult call to make. How in a opening of the Eagles trying to thread the needle through. Do you agree with my description of the situation? Yeah, Jody, good to be with you as always. Jody and John, always enjoy coming on with you guys. Uh, this is an interesting front office situation because front office and ownership had to make a decision about a backsliding team, as everybody knows. And how do you look at that short term and long term? Uh, before I answer the specifics, my impressions, guys, on the last half of the season are that there's a lot we don't know. And there are some backstories about this team that somehow, some way have stayed quiet and maybe will come out or maybe not. Uh, and there's a lot of rumors about infighting and things like that. But there's got to be more to this. When you see this happen and other executives around the league are talking about this as well something's going on back there. Like whether it's coaching, whether it's players, whether it's management, whether it's infighting between players, between players on the same side of the ball, different sides of the ball, between players and coaches, it's not good because you don't have performances that backslide that much without internal discord. It's just part of it. So the question becomes, if you're looking at it from management, how do you solve that? And what this tells me the process has determined is it's not the head coach, okay? So this has really determined these last two weeks and probably before that have determined in the minds of ownership and general manager, it's not the head coach. There are problems and the problems stem <clears throat> at a deeper level than the head coach. And so they're trying to, as you said, thread the needle that they can fix this around the head coach with players and with coaches. The first will be coaches and then we'll see players. I think we'll see some player moves out of this that will give us a clue as to what has been the problem this past half of the season. That's interesting, Andrew, because we've been so focused on the coaching staff for obvious reasons. And we'll get into that as the new league year starts with the personnel aspect, because clearly there was a drop off defensively. But, you know, there were some at least inklings on the sidelines of guys infighting and certainly being upset in, in certain situations. Um, from a larger perspective, though, because I want your sort of advice and counsel on this. You know the Eagles well. It's been a while since you've been in the building, but Jeffrey has sort of had that demarcation line of Chip Kelly, and he went from Chip Kelly of holding one guy accountable, giving him the power, to building this collaborative process. And when things are going well, that collaborative process, I think everyone – lauds themselves and everybody's involved 
But when things are going poorly, I think the unintended consequence of that can be finger pointing. And uh, that's not my fault. That's his fault. That's not. And how do you see that as somebody who has spent a long time with Green Bay, which is a very stable organization? Can that be an unintended consequence of of getting a bunch of people involved? Yeah, I mean, I think. My experience with NFL teams is trying to prevent what I call silos in the building where people get, this is the Chip Kelly thing, where you sort of get into different silos. That's our guys, where those are their guys. Usually the silos are between uh, the hardcore football operations and the business operations. So I looked at my role in Green Bay for 10 years was really that bridge that I was in the middle, right? I was half football. I was half business. So business is much more long-term, how we look in years out, what when the CBA expires, what what is our cash and cap outlook in 2026? Football is very immediate. What's going on now? Who can we get on the field now? And that develops silos because you see these operations become very siloed about they don't understand us. They don't know what we need. The bigger problem is silos within the football operation. We meaning there's two parts. There's three parts of the football operation, coaching, personnel, and cap management. And the organizations that do it the best have those three in pretty, pretty good harmony, perfect harmony. The organizations that struggle are ones that are not seeing the same picture of those three operations. Having said that, the Eagles have always been one of those harmonious teams with those three areas. Again, coaching, personnel, and cat management. And it helps that Howie has been involved heavily in two of those three. Uh, So I don't know what's happening now. It just seems like Maybe there was a sense that coaching didn't feel like they had the right players. Personnel didn't feel like the players were coached well. And maybe that's part of this, where was this kind of um, silos. You know, I trust Howie in that role to sort of bash heads together and make sure everybody's working the same. Because as I mentioned, he's been involved in cap management, been involved in personnel not the coaching, obviously, but has a big hand in the coaching side, too. All right. So do you have faith in Howie? I'm going to combine two of the yeah. things you said about the silos and um, changes need to be made with the Philadelphia Eagles. They've already started that process by relieving both of their coordinators. Do you have faith in Howie being the guy to determine why Jalen Hurts went backwards this year? There was a drop-off in his production. No one could argue that. But the question is why? Is Howie the guy to say, well, it was coaching, what was relationships, was Jalen doing too much work? That year that he had last year, where he was almost the MVP. That's not happening anytime again soon. Is Howie the guy to determine what the hell happened to Jalen Hurts this year? I think so. I mean, I think that's his role and to evaluate, which I think has already been been done as to what went on there. This is a couple things, Jody Mack. This is like what I mentioned at the start. Like, there's got to be backstories. Mm-hmm. And I'm not speculating. I'm not going to be quoted on any of this. But, like, are we going to find out more about Jalen Hurts? Like, injury-wise, we heard about the hand. We heard about the knee. Was there more to it? Was there something going on? Are we going to hear about more with Jalen Hurts coaching-wise? 
I don't know. Obviously, the determination was made that Brian Johnson, who's known this guy forever and his family and everything else, was not the only guy. And he becomes a, maybe not the only, but a scapegoat for Hertz's downturn in performance. Yeah. Huge fan of Jalen Hurts, uh, and I also admire his temperament, which now seems to be getting some criticism that he's not fiery enough, whatever it is. Me personally, I like that in a quarterback. Okay, like flatline. You don't want a quarterback screaming one time, jumping up. You know, you want that quarterback to be flatline. And uh, on another note, I look at Jared Goff's performance in the playoffs. Like that guy is pure flatline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a good thing. So uh, I don't have any problem with Jalen Hurts on the field as a leader, but maybe there's something going on there. But Johnson's been the scapegoat. I mean, yeah. if, if he's not going to be kept around when your franchise he's known since 10th grade or whatever, that's a problem for him, obviously. I, I Expanding on Brian being out and being the scapegoat, which I – agree completely with your your thought on on what happened there and how the eagles reacted i i saw something yesterday i couldn't believe it andrew i had to look it up there's not a coordinator offensive coordinator in this league that dates back to 2021 wow that's where dave ragone is is uh he's a lame duck he was 2020 but they fired arthur smith so he's not coming back we all know that um you've been out from green bay since 0809 somewhere around there um how much do you think the league has changed in that short period of time when people are showing no patience now sometimes yeah. it's success shane steichen was so good he got a head right. coaching job so sometimes it can be positive but mainly it's negative and people just can't stick with coordinators specifically offensive coordinators do you think that's a problem with this league as a whole well i've been talking about it this past couple weeks on the head coaching side we now have eight of 32 that's a quarter of the league if that happened every year it'd be a a four-year turnover of the entire head coaching staff it's amazing it's never been like this john and i'm trying to come up with reasons i think the biggest reason is what i talk about every day what my brand is the business, the business has gotten so big that no one's patient anymore in terms of ownership. It used to be Jimmy Haslam was the outlier, getting rid of Chudzinski in one year, yeah. Hugh Jackson yeah. two years, etc. Now he's kind of the norm. <laughs> like you look at David Tepper, you look at all these guys. Like, yeah, we're moving on. And it used to be that paying off tens of millions of dollars. Think about that number: tens of millions of dollars in fired coaches fees was a problem. Now it's not. Now with these, you know, pick a number, six billion for the latest franchise, 110 billion for media deals, a great CBA. Why not? You know, why not pay off these $10 million of the head coach, $20 million for a staff, the new coach? It's like no one cares about it. And that triggers down to the coordinators too, of course. And I've been through two coaching changes in Green Bay, and it's so hard. People don't realize head coach will be fine. But the lower staff is like, you know, it happens this time of year. Do they put their kids in school here? Do they put their kids in school somewhere else? Do they put their house on the market? Do they not? 
they're waiting around, like you said about Ragone, John. They know in the heart of hearts they're probably not going to get a job, but yeah. they wait around and wait around, and it's weeks where they're just scouring the internet. So it's a tough road, and I feel for you know what's just happened to these coordinators at the Eagles, and people don't appreciate that enough. Cost the business uh, swallowing those head coaching stuff. That's cost the business. Uh, they right. just go ahead and do it these days. You are one hundred percent right about that. Oh, by the way, they'll probably do about fifty million on average for the upcoming games this weekend. They're doing pretty damn well on the business side, on the TV rating side too. All right, last thing for me, Andrew. And again, thank you very much for jumping in this morning. Um, Eagles are facing a tough day today. Howie's got to have answers. Nick Sirianni's going to have answers. And then they're going to be able to get on with the business of player evaluation and player changes and the like. As we sit here right here right now, would you rank the Eagles talent roster-wise, knowing free agents and everything else, a top four or five team, a top eight team, outside the top ten with the collapse they had? Where would you put the Eagles talent-wise Knowing how he's got work to do, how much work does he have to yeah, do? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. Obviously, I'd say top five if you're talking about mid-November. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm talking January 20-whatever today is. Yeah, because, again, they were winning games this earlier this season against good teams that they shouldn't have won. And uh, whether it's Chiefs or Bills or whoever it was, Cowboys' first game, um, just through some extraordinary talent, you know, that just overwhelmed at times. Um, you know, position groups, I'm just going to go there. I just think still top five on the lines because the lines are where this team was built and yeah. where this, this sort of identity is. And I still think top five, even if they lose Kelsey, I still think that'll be a top five O line. Uh, and even if they lose Cox, I still think it'll be a top five D line. Um, so, We'll see on the other, you know, on the skill positions, it's it's top heavy, right? Because you've got Brown and Smith, but you don't have much beyond that. Um, yeah. Beyond DeAndre Swift, it just seems like a little top heavy there. And then, of course, they've got to fix the back end on defense. So I yeah. guess where that all lands is not top five anymore, but certainly I'd say top ten. By the and way, how, yeah. Uh, Howie's how so aggressive. You guys know this better than yeah. anyone. This this roster is going to change. I know you got to run, Andrew, but yeah. I I see the Packers helmet on your right shoulder. I want yeah. to give you an opportunity. The Packers got it right again with Jordan Love. <laughs> it is unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, three consecutive decades of of Hall of Fame quarterback play. I'm not going that far with Jordan Love, but man, right. man, I, 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 how do they do it? What it, what 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 is going on there? Yeah, tough couple of weeks for me because I'm a I'm a huge Packer fan still. I'm also a big Eagles fan. So tough week. But that, the Packers game the other night against what's considered the best team in the conference, they should have won. They should have yeah. won. It was yeah. heartbreaking as a Packer fan because it was a game they had. Anyway, I don't know the secret. Obviously, I talk about draft a quarterback before you need a quarterback. And the three-year apprentice period that we had with Aaron, the three-year apprentice period they had with Jordan, it obviously works. Obviously, there's talent there to begin with, but it works. Can any other franchise do that? No, because obviously, if you take a first-round quarterback and you don't have a Hall of Famer in front of them, you're going to want to get that guy in there. Yeah, yeah. And that's the problem. But, you know, the Packer way is very simple. I've talked about it for since I've left 2009. 
draft and develop, no quick fixes, no sexy free agents. And the thing that is hardest for coaches to do, play young players. And you can't be afraid. Every coach wants his security blankets, right? You have to be able to play young players. Trust the scouts. Trust the scouts have gotten you the right players. And, you know, saying goodbye to Aaron Rodgers, imagine doing that after saying goodbye to Brett Favre. It just is something that they're willing to do. And maybe an owner would have held on longer to those guys. So it's all part of the the, the running the Packers. And uh, seems to be a winning formula. And the evidence was right there before us this year. They got the youngest team in the National yeah. Football League. Play the young players. They have stayed true to their motto, and it did pay dividends this year. You always pay dividends when you come on with us, Mr. Brandt. Thank you very much for doing so today. We'll get you back on during the offseason. Thanks, pal. Look forward to being back. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Andrew Brandt. Follow, uh, check out his podcast, The Business of Sports. Um, one of the smartest guys I know. I've been having Andrew on yeah. as a guest for a decade plus. By the and way, even the Packers, Jody, um, they're moving on from uh, Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator. Well, had some different uh, – they they were poor early in the season, but they kept getting better, leader, and they're moving on. So it's everywhere. It's not just Philadelphia. I mean – and they overachieved. Right? They weren't supposed to make the playoffs. No. They no, made no, no, the no, playoffs, no, no. and they fought the best team in football, as Andrew said. Tooth and Nail had a chance to win the game, and they're still firing coordinators it's amazing would you consider barry here for philadelphia since there's an opening on the oh, defensive god side no. of the ball god no he's a he's a fangio guy i want out you're you're, you're ready to move on from fangio here, huh? you know a dboa which is an advanced analytical thing um here are the fangio defenses this year saints 15th Fangio himself, 19th, Staley, 26th, Barry, 27th, Desai, 29th, Gannon, 32nd. I don't even know if Jonathan was running that. Um, that's your Fangio defense. You don't know if Jonathan was running a Fangio defense? Come on. Of course he was. No, uh, here's – here's, and I didn't watch enough of the Cardinals. I'm, I'm just saying. He, he – he, when when the Eagles first hired Jonathan Gannon, I assumed we were getting a bunch of uh, Mike Zimmer stuff and Matt Eberflew stuff, which is, you know, not Fangio. That's where he learned. That's who he learned under. And then it came out that Nick wanted – this is the philosophy that Nick wanted to run defensively because he felt it was the most difficult to deal with. A lot of offensive coaches felt that way. Um, Sean McVay felt that way. That's why Brandon Staley was, that's why he got rid of Wade Phillips. who's one of the great defensive coordinators of all time and brought in Brandon Staley. Um, it, 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 people have caught up. People have caught up. I don't want any part of it, but from the Packers perspective, I just bring that up because they overachieved by every instant. They overachieved. And they are a very stable organization, and they still fired them. Very true. Um, and you quoted DVOA, and that's uh, it, it's a very good stat. I certainly look at it, and I uh, understand uh, the the way that it works in evaluating uh, number other numbers, how it plays into other numbers, and how you you judge uh, teams off it. That goes back to my whole 
woe is Brian Johnson thing. The Eagles went from DVOA on offense from third to 10th. Now you're, oh, top 10. They weren't expected to be top 10. They were expected to be top one, top two, top three. Now, why, why would they get worse when they've got all the guys coming back, most of which were still in a progressive age that they should get better, not go backwards? I, Jason Kelsey is just like inexplicable that he just keeps getting older, just keeps getting better. Nobody can explain that. But all of our other guys, my ladder should have gotten a year better, not a year older. Dickerson should have gotten a year better, not a year older. Uh, DeAndre Smith, uh, uh, Devontae Smith should have gotten a year older, not a, 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 a year better, not a year older. And they went from third to tenth. And the only change on the offense was Brian Johnson. So I don't know why everybody's up in arms. How did they do this to Brian Johnson? It's so unfair. No, it wasn't. He didn't do a good job. The, the offense went backwards. And the play calling was his responsibility. Yeah, but that, that's your where you and I disagree because uh, things don't stay in a stasis. I say it all the time. It, it's not a vacuum. It's not stagnant. Uh, people adjusted to what the Eagles did. Now, you can point out that why didn't they do it last year? Everyone says the NFL is a copycat league. It is. But it's a very slow-moving copycat league. So, number one – you got to get to the offseason. That's what these defensive coordinators do. They spend their entire freaking offseason trying to look at, all right, who do we have to beat if we're the Dallas Cowboys, the Washington Commanders, the New York Giants specifically, but anybody who had the Eagles on their schedule. We got to play the Eagles. They're they're the top team in the NFC. They're, they're the top of the mountain. They're who you have to knock off. They're so successful. How do you do it? So you adjust. And the Eagles played the same stinking offense. Um, no evolution. Now, if you want to blame Brian for that, that's fine. I, I, You can because he's part of that. There's no evolution. It's very stagnant. They're, 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 they're staying behind the curb. And we talked to Jeff, Jeff McLean yesterday. He had that interview where, where Nick said it's not about doing different things. It's about what you do doing it better. Doing it better. Um, they didn't evolve. They didn't evolve, and they need to evolve, and they need more creativity. And creativity isn't motion. People say, we got to have some motion. Well, yeah, they're 32nd in motion. They should be using more motion. I think everybody can agree with that. But that's not – it's not because you send a couple guys in motion, you're going to get better. You have to evolve what you're doing system and scheme-wise, and that's Nick Sirianni. If you want to blame everybody, blame Nick – Kevin Petullo, Brian Johnson. But I'm saying, if you're blaming Brian Johnson, you have to blame Nick Syria. That's what I'm saying. Can't be one. You you got to blame them both, which I'm fine with. But to single out the less important of the two doesn't make sense to me. No. That's just yeah. assigning blame because you don't want to, in Jeffrey Lurie's case, in my opinion, that's assigning blame to an underling because you don't want to admit a bigger mistake. And that to me doesn't make sense. Here's where, yeah, you and I split on this. Um, and I, I just don't have a problem with it. The world life is a meritocracy and you earn what you've earned and you are judged by what you've earned. And Nick Sirianni was the head coach of a team that went to the Super Bowl and was tied with three seconds to play. Brian Johnson was the quarterback coach of said team 
and how much influence he had, certainly not going to compare to the head coach. You give him some credit. It's not like he just stood there and go, go Jalen, go Jalen. No, he gets credit for uh, uh, partial credit for the year that Jalen had, but given more hands-on for Jalen Hurts, the quarter went quarterback went backwards badly. Um, that's where I think Jeff Laurie drew the line. Howie Roseman drew the line. Howie had some cred in the bank because he was the head coach of a team that went to the Super Bowl. Brian Johnson didn't have that. Brian Johnson stepped up into a more important position, and that aspect of the team went backwards badly. And do I think? Well, I, I I agree. It's not you know it's a meritocracy. You and I are not going to disagree on that. And the Eagles are not alone. I just meant the that the Packers te- technically overachieved, and they're still firing people. Um, so you know expectations play into it, no question about it. In this team, I, I said it pretty much from day one. The expectations were out of whack. You and I can go back and you heard, oh, it's not going to be a big deal. Moving on from Shane Steichen, it's not going to be a big deal. How many fans said that? Now they yeah. say. The not, exact- not, not McMullen and McDonald. No, exactly. Moving on from Jonathan Gannon was going to be, they were going to get better because Jonathan Gannon was so bad. Not now, McMullen and McDonald. You- exactly. So, um, yeah. Uh, it, it's not, they made it to the Super Bowl. And I think everyone said, well, they made it to the Super Bowl. It's not stagnant. You lose coordinators. You lose five defensive starters. You lose all these guys. You had so many career years. Guess what? Jalen Hurts had a career year. He did not have a career year this year. All the defensive players that had career years. Mike Gill mentioned Dallas Goddard inexplicably went backwards. Um, you know, for what, uh, again, Isaac Sayamalo was better than Cam Jurgens. Was he that much better? Maybe not. Miles Sanders was better than DeAndre Swift. Was he that much better? No, but he was better. Little increments. Jordan Mailotti, you mentioned the offensive line. The only one of the five who had a better year this year than last year was Jordan, Jordan Mailotti. Everybody else went back. Not a lot, but went back. Even Kelsey, Lane, uh, Landon, they didn't play as well this year. Are we going to blame Jeff Stoutland for that? Some people could. I'm not. I mean, a lot of that is age with Jason and 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 Lane and maybe expectations. But Landon, he should have gotten better. He didn't get better. He, got, he didn't get a ton, but he'd be the first one to admit it. He didn't have the year he wanted to have. Now, I think Jordan was tremendous. Cam Jurgens is playing out of position. I give him a little bit of a, a, a dissertation, but um, dispensation. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't even bring up the career year aspect of how many guys had career years. And by the way, if Kaiser White was back and Marcus Epps was back and CJ was back and healthy, they might have not performed up to the level they did last season because they had never performed at that level. Um, so... That factors into it as well. Oh, and despite the fear of sounding like an overreactive Eagle fan, I could just describe them with the changes they had to make going into this year. I'll go on record right here, right now. I think the offense will be better next year. I don't even know who their offensive coordinator is. I think because, as you just pointed out, things go up and down, and the Eagles were due to come down a little bit. Well, guess what? They're due to go back up again next year. And despite the fact that 
Sirianni isn't on the strongest of footing going into the year, and we'll find out a lot today. Do you get a do you get a text yet? You know what time you're heading over to the? No, not yeah. yet. Not I'm, yet. I'm, 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 Why I'm, would I'm, you need to know that, John? You're only I'm, planning your entire day I, around I, that. I I I I know I know what I have to be there, but they have not made it official. I think they have not made it official uh, because they want to limit the crowd. To be honest. And I don't know what time they're going to talk. I know this is an important news conference. I don't know what they're going to hire as an NFL, uh, uh, their their offense coordinator next year. I'm just on record as saying I think uh, they will be a better football team next year because they'll have a better offense coordinator. I don't even know who they're hiring, and I believe he'll be better than Brian Johnson. So I'm going to predict, project, an improved Eagle offense. Now, this could all go to spit. Depending on how heavy, uh, how how he is, I'm, I'm, I'm going to predict. I'm going to predict they have a better defense, uh, defensive coordinator. Uh, it's going to be hard to be worse than they were this year. Um, offense, I, there's so many. Yeah, that's up in the air because it's got more to do with Sirianni than it has to do with Brian Johnson. So it, to me, it has nothing to do with Brian Johnson. It has to do with Nick Sirianni. Yeah, you and I disagree on that. I think Brian Johnson did a poor job this year, and I don't think he was, to use the word you use often, scapegoated at all. I think he deserved to lose his job, and uh, I think the Eagles <sighs> – and I reserve the right to change my mind if they pick Cliff Kingsbury as, as their guy. Not a fan. But I think cooler heads will prevail when they'll come up with some kind of compromise. What about story. Jim Bob? Jim Bob's not Jim Bob I'd be good with. Right. Frank Reich I'd absolutely be good with. A um, couple other guys. I Mike would McCoy? Least... How about a Mike McCoy? You know, I'm okay with Howie wanting to see the offense slant a little bit differently. And how, when I say Howie, of course, I mean Howie and Jeffrey. Um, just not so drastic. Kingsbury's offense is drastically different than what. Nick well, whatever they do, they got to get the quarterback back going in the right direction. So who's ever the quarterback coach, whoever is the offensive coordinator. It's about getting Jalen Hurts back to where he was previously. Last thing, I think I mentioned him to you yesterday. Um, I'd actually like to see a KK offensive coordinator, but not Cliff Kingsbury. I like Clint Kubiak. Clint Kubiak, boy. And I know that's kind I... of a Shanahan move, mm, and you're yeah, a Shanahan a... guy. Right. And this is not a Shanahan quarterback, so be careful for what you wish for because – yeah, Clint Kubiak, Gary Kubiak's son, same thing. Play action, under center. I don't think Jalen Hurts is that type of quarterback. Do you? But could they teach him to be it? I don't think it's a strength. Why would you want to? I, I'm a big maximize the strengths of the players you have. And that's what I think was part of Nick Sirianni's success and the dichotomy of Nick Sirianni. I, I don't know if I, I know I told it on, I probably told it on here, but he, he, you know, he always brings up Larry Karras, his old uh, Mount Union coach when he was going back there to get a job and he was doing an interview and he asked him his offensive thoughts and he stopped him. Larry Karras stopped him and said, you don't even know who the freaking players are. Um, stop talking about schemes and systems. You build around the players you have. 
that that's ironic to me for two reasons. One, it's tremendous advice. Nick sure. seems to have taken it on the offensive side of the football. Defensively, he was the exact opposite. I want to play this scheme. I want to chase this scheme. When I lose my coordinator, I want to go out and find somebody who plays this scheme. So one, he contradicts himself on the other side of the ball. I have a problem with that. That's offensively, fair. though, offensively, he 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 did that with Jalen Hurts early. He tried to run more of a not not a Kubiak Shanahan scheme, but more of a traditional NFL. What he did in Indianapolis with Philip Rivers, he tried to run more of that, and it it wasn't to the strengths of the court. And he changed, and I give him to this day give him tremendous credit for that. I I I don't think it's a strength. I always say, you know, Kirk Cousins, Josh Dobbs, Kevin O'Connell didn't change. You got to change. They're two completely different players. Kirk Cousins is the, if you want to play play action under center, as long as you can pass protect, that guy's going to get people to football. Josh Dobbs, they're trying to run him under center. It was a freaking disaster. Now, Jalen's a hell of a lot better than Josh Dobbs. I'm not comparing him as players. But I'm comparing the point of take advantage of the player's strengths. And if you have to change, you have to change. Yeah, see, um, maybe I'm just like the Philadelphia Eagles, the way I described it to Andrew Brandt. I think they're trying to thread the needle. They're trying to assign blame for this collapse, but they don't want to take the coach's head off. So they're trying to thread the needle by taking off the offensive and defensive coordinator's heads. Maybe that's what I'm trying to do with Jalen Hurts, too. I, I do, do I want Jalen Hurts to become Kirk Cousins? No. No, I do not. That would be foolish. But do I want to just uh, turn everything in my offense to what is the strength of Jalen Hurts? The quarterback's got to have a little, a little give, too. You got to work with me here. Well, I, I want the all-encompassing offense under center, out of the gun, running the ball, throwing it 45 times. I, I guess I'm greedy here and I want it all. And the way you're describing it is, no, they're going to do what Jalen does best. And that's how they're going to build the offense. And Jalen gets to basically dictate by his strengths and skills as to what the offense is. No, I want a little bit more varying offense and I want them to be able to do more stuff. So it'd be very interesting to see how it shakes out. We may get at least our first glimpse at it in the afternoon press conference with, with Harry Roseman and uh, Nick Sirianni. Don't know if we will. We know it's going to happen. Don't know how many answers are going to be forthcoming. Uh, but we'll come back and put a bow on the show and talk about just that here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. 
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Final couple minutes. On a Wednesday edition of Birds 365, we thank both Andrew Brandt and Mike Gill. Two good guests today. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. If you're just jumping in now, catch the tail end, go back. It's on YouTube. You can go back and watch anything you want. It's there forever. So go back and check out both Mike and Andrew. They're both very good with us today. All right. Last thing, Johnny Mac, and it'll be an interesting show. Um, it's going to be so intrigued with what Howie and, and Nick Sirianni have to say today and uh, you guys questions you'll be posing to them. Um, a guy who I don't think is going to be part of the conversation for an Eagle coordinator position. I hope he is, but I'm doubting it highly. And you know, we should try and get on this week because I, I please correct me if I'm wrong here. I think Marcus Hayes was the guy who talked about Denard Wilson when he was up for the coordinator job. They chose to go in a different yeah, direction. Marcus, yeah, Marcus, yeah. He's, I think he had a good relationship with Denard. Um, and at least according to Marcus, Denard volunteered to stay as the DB coach. And Nick said, yeah, that's not going to be a good idea. If I don't make it a coordinator, there are going to be bad feelings and everything. I think we should part ways and go our own separate directions going forward, which was a mistake by Siriano in my eyes, if if that's exactly the way it went down. Is there any way they could mend those fences and bring Wilson back as the DC? I I, I don't maybe they can mend the fences, but I, I don't think it's even on the uh agenda for for two reasons. One they don't want to highlight, oh, boy, we made this terrible mistake. Yeah, but and, if you correct your mistake, you correct your mistake. Well, the second part is I, I don't think they want to go with a first-time defensive coordinator again. And by the way, Sean Desai wasn't even a first-time DV. It was a first-year defensive coordinator. But he only did it for one year. Didn't have a ton of experience. 
my point is I think they want somebody with more experience, um, especially on that side of the football, because it is, you know, the right, the right hand of Nick Sirianni, so to speak, is offense. He's the defense is he's not, that's not his expertise. So they want more of it. What Jim Swartz, when he was here, a head coach of the defense is I think the way they want to go. And not that Denard, maybe he can do it, but he's never done it before. And I don't think they want to be in a position where somebody with no experience being a coordinator is, is thrust into that position again. But he's got a leg up on everybody else who's going to be applying for this job. He's been here. Uh, and I know there's massive roster turnover in the NFL. He's only been gone uh, 11 months, whatever it is. He still knows a lot of the guys who are going to be part of the defense, a lot of the guys who are going to have to be keys. He's coached or been a coach of their team, not necessarily position. Yeah, you know, that, that too, offensively, uh, Jeff mentioned that word yesterday. I think he's right, Jeff McLean. Because I mentioned Glenn Schumann because of the familiarity with with all the Georgia guys, and he he he, he kind of poo pooed that. He used the term uncomfortable. Um, I don't think they want that comfort. You know, Jalen Hurts. I thought that was a good point by him. Jalen Hurts and Brian Johnson, they were too close. You know, the Georgia guys, maybe they're too close. You know, maybe you need a little bit more un. un- comfortability in that totally building sure. um so that's part of it as well i think you know but we'll see someone brighter than me once said familiarity breeds contempt uh, i guess that's what they're <laughs> had did they know about brian johnson and jalen hurts when they made that quote perhaps yes, they, they did. certainly yeah. did well well they certainly you know that that's you know i i if we're up to nick it'd probably be kevin patullo but they were in fear of losing Brian Johnson, uh, rightfully so, because he probably would have left to be a coordinator elsewhere. And that's why they promoted him. And now, you know, it's another thing. Very press Taylorous in the fact they spent three years lauding this guy, and all of a sudden he's a moron. And, I, you know, I look at the Eagles and I go, which one is it? You know, it can't be both. Can't be both. We'll see how it shakes out today. Johnny Mack, have a good time over at the press conference. You and I will be right back here on Birds 365 and 2 and 2. Tomorrow's much watch streaming. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.